Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. So what's this, how to eat an elephant? There's this old saying, how do you eat an elephant? I hope you know the answer third weekend. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. And the idea being that the world it's, is easy to complain about. It's easy to see the fault and the brokenness. But when we follow Jesus and when we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, we can change that world. And Jesus said, it's better that I go because then I send the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you always. And so as a believer, we better have hope for our world. And and so much of that hope rests on that indwelling Holy Spirit within us to go into places and bring renewal. And that change that we want to see in the world, it starts by changing ourselves. But the question is, do we really want God to renew us? After all, A renewal could change some things. I mean, do we really want God messing with our routine and our schedule? I don't know about you, but often my prayer to God is, God, make my life better, but please don't make it any harder. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, God, ah, feel free to bless me in any way you wish. Just don't make me busier. Do not inconvenience me, Lord. Lord, would you do anything? Just don't mess with my schedule, my relationships, or my finances. You can mess with them up, the finances. (laughs) Just not down. Uh, I remember when I was first, the the idea of going into full-time ministry was first a reality for me. Um, and it was, it was starting to come to the surface. And it was like this thing that I felt I wanted so bad. And I was sort of processing that and considering, okay, what, what is this actually going to mean? And I, I remember having this irrational fear that I didn't really share with anyone. It was just like deep inside me. And I had this irrational fear. Like I was so scared that God was going to mess with me. I was so scared. My biggest fear was that God was going to make me move back to Ontario. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry if you're from Ontario this, this morning. So am I. Uh, I didn't spend many years there, but we spent our summers there. And I remember, the, the major thing I remember about our summers there is uh, being so excited to go back home uh, to Alberta. <laughs> but renewal might mess some, sorry if any of my family's watching. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes my grandparents watch online. I love you. Um, <laughs> renewal might, mess some things up in your life because it changes your desires. And as David begs for renewal in Psalm 51, he starts by just wanting that reminded of God's grace. And then he's begging for like a renewal of the fear of God. Like he wants to fear God again. That's the two things we've kind of gone through. And I think today, as we walk through this portion of Psalm 51, that maybe God will mess with your desires a little bit this morning. We're going to read Psalm 51. Again, this is David's response to the Lord 
after he commits adultery with Bathsheba and then ends up killing her husband. So Psalm 51, 10 to 13, I'm going to read from CSB. God, create a clean heart for me. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. And then this is his response after that. He says, then I'll teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. David says, create a clean heart for me. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. David knew that his heart needed to be purified. But David did something extreme. Do you and I really need our hearts to be purified? Like you and I are good people. Um, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but did anybody murder them, their friend this week? Like, did anybody murder or, you know, commit adultery? You know, like, do we really need a clean heart like David did? Like, why? This seems like an extreme prayer for us to talk about today. But then we stumble across verses like in Jeremiah 17, 9, where the prophet is speaking to the Israelites. And he says, this is, this is the word of the Lord through this prophet. He says, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Whoa. David understood God's desire for a clean heart and God's desire became David's desire. And here's the thing we learn about David and all through the Bible is that change in your heart is the foundation for change in your life. If something is going to change in your heart, if something is going to change in your life, it has to start in your heart. See, often you'll hear people talk about how they need their money situation to change. And they talk about the external circumstances. Oh, my, my work doesn't pay me enough or the world is set up this way. And the reality of it is it's something in your heart that has to change for your money situation to change. Or your career, you can blame your boss and the situation you have around you. But the reality of it is, is something needs to change in you if you want to move forward in it or even in relationships. All these people are the problem. Something has to change in you for those relationships to get healthier. I'll put it this way. David didn't write the Psalm by saying, Lord, would you build bigger walls around the castle so I wouldn't peek on people as they're taking baths? He wasn't asking for an external thing to change in order for his life to get better. He said, create in me a clean heart. And if you want your life to change, it starts by you praying that same prayer. God, get this insecurity out of me. Get this fear out of me. Get this bitterness out of me. Get these unfair expectations of people out of me. It's all hard stuff. And there's good news. There's great news that you don't have to do a bunch of work. It's not like, okay, here's this 27-page list of things for you to do for you to have a clean heart today. You can have a clean heart by a renewed desire for the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Simple invitations to every single part of your life can renew his presence and create in you a clean heart. How do we know this? Right after Jeremiah, a little bit later in Ezekiel, God is speaking to the Israelites. And you know what he says to them? I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit inside of you. 
I'll remove the heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. If you're gonna continue living with a clean heart, you're gonna need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life. Because people are gonna keep being jerks and they're gonna do things that are gonna make you feel insecure. And there's gonna be unfair things that continue to happen to us every single day, even if all your friends are Christians. Some people would say, especially if all your friends are Christians. <laughs> but that's another sermon. Okay. I don't, don't, don't even read into that comment. That was just dumb. Okay. But it's not all in your strength, but by God's spirit that he will create a clean heart inside of you. God's presence is so good and it's so worth a renewed desire for it. When I talk about the desire for God's presence, it just reminds me a little bit of the season that we're in. Spring is so beautiful. And one of the things that happens in spring is this renewed desire for ice cream. (laughs) So we go through the whole winter and nobody's eating ice cream all winter. And then you hit summertime and it doesn't matter your level of lactose tolerance or intolerance. You're going for that ice cream, baby. It's worth it. There's this renewed desire for ice cream in this heat. And David has that for God's presence. And man, what would change in our lives if we did? And David says, don't banish me from your presence, Lord. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, God. David built his life around his desire for God's presence. David built his life around his desire for God's presence. In Psalms 27, four, he says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to dwell all the days of my life. Not only do I want to dwell here, I want to gaze upon your beauty. There's all sorts of things in this life that are beautiful that we could gaze at. I want to gaze at the beauty of the Lord, seeking him and him alone in his temple. Renewal produces a desire and an awareness for God's presence. Renewal helps us take our eyes off things that we fixate on, good or bad, and put them back on the Lord. See, we can fixate on all sorts of good things. Like you get a a new hobby, right? Or a new car, whatever it is. You get a new hobby and you just want to accessorize that hobby. You ever done this? You know, I just got a new bicycle. I want to put all the accessories. I want to get all the right accessories, right? You fixate on those things, good or bad. And renewal puts, puts us back, our eyes back on the Lord. It leaves us with an awe and a respect for him to live in God's presence. Ephesians 4.30, here's, here's what happens. That we, we want that, we want that. But what happens is sometimes our, our felt experience, our, our lived experience is the word I was looking for. Our lived experience is, okay, but I don't, sometimes I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't know if he's with me. And I love this instruction Paul gives. This is New Testament, I want to, contextualize this a little bit. It's New Testament. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit has happened. And and what does Paul say? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay? Don't, you're going to push him away when you grieve him, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So 
If we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to push him away. What happens when you grieve? You're like, ah, right? So we have to figure out, okay, what's the context of this verse that we know I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit? What's the context of this verse? It must be like, it must be sexual immorality. It's got to be. It must be, oh, you know what? I bet you're grieving the Holy Spirit. It must be murder, right? Or... It must be voting for, no, just kidding. I'm not going to go there. Uh, it, it, it must be like not caring for the poor. Like it must be, it's gotta, that's got to be the context for even the Holy Spirit. It's got to be one of those things. It's none of the above. So I just read 30. Let's go to 29. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. And now we're thinking back to some conversations this week. And he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit in 30. Then he goes to 31. Get rid. Again, look, this is in your heart. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, and all form of malice. Okay? You... We left that on the LA Kings last night, okay? Uh, Get rid of it now, in Jesus' name. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. God clearly wants us to experience his wonderful, tangible presence. Because omnipresence is always here. Today, I'm talking about tangible. When you feel the Holy Spirit, when something happens, when your mind is racing all of these different places and somehow you're able to quiet it down and you experience the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you needed 27 answers and now you have one in the presence. And Paul gives us clear instruction on how to keep the tangible presence of God in our lives. Again, we never lose the indwelling of the Spirit, but we can lose the tangible presence that brings the nature of the Holy Spirit into the moment that we're living in, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the the conviction of sin, which is what the Holy Spirit does as well. We need that sometimes. We don't like to preach about it. I'm going to let my dad preach about that one. I don't want (laughs) to preach about that. The Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth that he is, the strengthener, these are the things that we can experience. But sometimes we miss out on his presence. The intimacy, the, the, the nearness that we feel, the guidance and comfort that comes. I guess maybe this is how I'd pose it this morning. If we're talking about, if you're trying to figure out, okay, he's talking about presence and, and wanting the desire of the Holy Spirit. My question to you is, if God died, how long would it take you to notice? What a dumb question. But let's be real here. Maybe I'll ask you this. As the last song ends, as you're driving out of the parking lot, let's say God dies. How long after church would it take for you to notice? I would hope that my answer would be, I'd notice by the time I sat down for lunch. Or on the drive to lunch, be like something's different. But that's not always the way our lives go, is it? How often 
Do we desire his presence? And how often do we miss him when he's not with us? Like a postcard, wish you were here. In November, I had the incredible experience, um, this really cool opportunity to go with some pastors to New York. And I didn't really, I thought New York was overhyped. I'd never been before. Uh, I was like, seeing it at home alone, doesn't seem that great. Um, and uh, and I, I, we were experiencing all this time together in a church together. And then I had a couple small moments where I was able to sneak away and see some of New York. And I was blown away. I was like, this is, this is beyond what I imagined. This is incredible. I, I was like, this city, it just there's something magical about it. And as I was experiencing this incredible city, the whole time I was there, I was like, I can't fully enjoy this because I wasn't with my wife. And so everywhere I went, everywhere I went, I was like, I just wish she was here to experience this with me. Oh, it's so, it's so wonderful. It's so incredible. But I know it's not as good as it could be. And it's awkward eating a bagel by yourself in Central Park. <laughs> like, and, and anyways, but, but just every moment, it was like, I, it's just, not, it's just not what it could be if she was here. You know, that's what it's like living without the presence of God. And you know, he, he just like, and he has so much for us in our, in our lives to experience and enjoy living life to the full. And sometimes we just miss it because he wasn't invited. He wasn't invited on the trip. He just wasn't invited into those moments. We thought it was, our plans were better. What's your life built around? David builds his life around the presence of God. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. How sweet it is to live with a longing for God's presence like David did. When Jesus is the deepest desire of our hearts, we naturally invite his presence. When Jesus is the deepest desire of our hearts, we naturally invite his presence. So a renewal of desire for him is, God, if you're not there, I don't wanna be there either. If that job's not from you, I don't wanna take it. I need, I need your presence there. God, if this relationship there's no way I want to continue in this relationship if you're not in it. I'm not marrying that person. I need the right person, no matter how long it takes. I need God in there. If you're not there, I don't, I don't want to go there either. Wherever I go, I know your presence can be there with me, but I got to invite it. I got to invite you. And what happens, the result of this is our lives can provoke people to stop missing out on the presence of God. And sometimes when we think about renewing the culture back to Christ, as, we're, as we've been talking about, just a renewal in the culture, it sounds like this big task, but what, I'm, what I've been trying to communicate over these last few weeks 
is that when it starts to happen in you, it provokes other people like there's something different about them. And actually, when you show up to a place, people are like expectant when you show up because they know you, you change the atmosphere in which they're living. And you'll almost become like a UPS driver. You know, like, you know, UPS driver? UPS drivers have the crispiest outfits. I mean, they have the, you ever, seriously, they are the, they are the premium delivery service. Like, uh, does anyone know what I'm talking about? If you watch as, I'm not going to name any of the other ones, but sometimes they come in, outfits don't look as good. They don't match as nice. The UPS guy comes in or, or gal. And I mean, the outfit is crisp. It's well taken care of. It's beautiful. And not only that is you don't get like, you don't get like AAA batteries delivered by UPS, okay? Like you're not getting cheap stuff like that. You're getting like the top quality packages delivered by UPS. You ever notice that? Like if you order something expensive, it's coming on UPS. Has anybody else noticed this? Like if you buy a nice pair of shoes, they're coming on UPS. If, if everybody knows what's up, UPS is the place to, you know. And, and so what happens is when you see that beautiful brown truck, there's something about the branding, branding, branding. There's something, there's something about the branding of the UPS truck that when they pull in the parking lot, I know, oh, something special's here. When the UPS truck, you know, pulls up to your home, it's like, oh, you're going to receive something, right? They're marked with expectation, right? It's like they show up and I expect something. That's what your life can be like. That when you show up to a place, people are expected because you bring the presence of God with you. That as you desire a renewal for his Holy Spirit to work in and through your life, when you show up, people become expectant. They become provoked to miss his presence. When people see you coming, they know you're bringing something with you. When people are around you, they deeply miss him. And David goes on to say, uh, restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. So he remembers what it was like to have that newfound feeling of connection with the Father. Beautiful. But then David is feeling bound by his sin. He's lost his willing spirit. And he wanted to experience the joy of being free again. You know, God wants your life to be full of joy. That, that's the promise of scripture that you'd have life to the full. God may, people, sometimes people talk about, you know, I don't think God's good because this, that, and the other thing. Listen, I know God's good because he made the earth beautiful so we would enjoy it. Like if God was bad, like people say he is, like he could have made the whole earth look like red deer. <laughs> but God did it because God is good. Just like gas stations, Motel 6, and a Boston pizza. Like, you know what? You know what red deer is? Red deer is purgatory on the way to Banff. You go. You flush out all the badness that's gotten into you on the trip and you're on your way to the beautiful band. Um, yes, Lord. Galatians 5.1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then 
Don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. And like, that's what David has done. He's submitted to the yoke of slavery. He's stuck. He's feeling bound. And, and that's, not what, that's not what God wanted for his life. He wanted to give him that willing spirit free. The yoke of slavery is stuck. There's no joy. Willing spirit, there's freedom. If you don't have a willing spirit, maybe you've submitted to the yoke of slavery. And so what are we to do when we're feeling bound, when we're feeling stuck? And it's, 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 it's kind of funny because like sometimes people struggle with Christianity or whatever you want to call us, believers. Um, they struggle with the idea of thinking, oh, they, they just put so many rules on you. And uh, I, was talking, I was talking to somebody last week about this, that it's like people think they put so many rules on it. Us. The reality of it is, is that the goodness of, by the goodness of God, he created us. And then he gave us this beautiful design to live by so that we could live an incredible life. And so you can look at that, that design as a set of rules or as a manual. And if, if what, what I said to that person was, if I created the toilet and then I walked into a room and saw you drinking out of the toilet, and I said, you know what? I actually have a manual on how to use that here. It's a much better way, especially after you eat Taco Bell. Uh, you just follow these instructions. <laughs> Sorry. What is that? <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, the Lord is restoring the joy this morning. Uh, person and say, I'm not living by your rules. <laughs> right? Come on. It's a manual. God loves us. He gave us a design to live by because he loves us. How am I going to get a sermon back from that? <sighs> okay. Let's go. We can do this, guys. So, okay, stuck, yoke of slavery. What are we to do? Let's look at what David did. Psalm 27, the context of Psalm 27 is David is expressing that he's under attack. There's an army against him. There's a war against me. So there's clear potential to be stuck or bound. And what's David say? One thing I've asked from the Lord is what I desire. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to gaze. I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Seeking him. It's how we find freedom, coming into the presence. We must ask God to come in and renew some things. Revelations 2, it says, go do the things you did at first. If you've fallen, repent. We're calling you to repentance because like, it sets you free. Not because like, yeah, you're this nasty person. We all want to hear about it. No, we want you to be set free. Just talk about it. That's what it talks about in James. If you just tell someone, it's going to set you free. You just repent alone. It sets you free. Renewal is getting back to the beauty of how things once were. And when I've experienced renewal, it's, it's simply out of just love for the Father, not because I wanted to 
prove how much I knew about him or, you know, you know, learn so much theology that I could be better than the next person. Not that there's anything wrong with theology, but it's like, no, it happened out of desire for his presence. That, Lord, I just want to be with you. In every moment, an hour at church is not enough. Even an hour a day is not enough. I want to pray without ceasing. And it starts to renew us. And our personal renewal takes a bite off the elephant. And it starts to provoke people to miss, miss out on what we have. John Wesley said this, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. It all starts with us desiring the clean heart that David describes when you experience this desire, freedom, and renewal, what's the response? What's the response to this? What's David's response? I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. In other words, more bites from the elephant. David says that when he experiences renewal, other people's lives will be transformed. What do you think the greatest threat is to the church today? What do we think it is? Like, you don't have to yell it out. Just consider this. Like, let's say, you know, the church might die in 10, 20, 30 years. What do you think would kill it? Maybe another religion? Maybe, maybe politicians. Maybe it's those you know, those politicians get the wrong politicians. Maybe it's secular culture, the ideals of the world. I think one of the greatest threats to the church is actually our own spiritual contentment. Is us becoming complacent where we're at. I don't think all those other, all those other things, I mean, Whatever. We can get through any of that. One of the greatest threats is us just becoming complacent. Weak worship, fighting amongst each other. We're talking about this this week. If Paul showed up to our church on Sunday, would we be getting a letter? Weak sacrifice, losing the joy of giving our time, talent, and resources to his kingdom, becoming okay with the absence of his presence or with our absence of his house, not really interested in the mission to go and make disciples, just complacent. This is why we've been talking about renewal because it's, this stuff can kind of creep in over time. Let me, let's try it another way. Let's try and say it another way. Where should I sit? Tim, do you care where I sit? No, I can sit. Can I sit beside someone? Hey, can I sit there? There's an open chair here. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's your name? Isaac. Isaac. Hey, that's my brother's name. That's a good, good name. How long have you been coming? Second day. Second day. Okay. Give it up for Isaac, everybody. 
Welcome. Ah. Oh, great shot, guys. Okay. Where are you guys? You can, is that, that's the best we could do? I sat in the bad spot. All right. Hopefully you can see me a little bit. So here's what, here's what happens and why we need renewal. Because we come into church, we meet awesome people like Isaac, and we're excited. You know, the message does something. We go home, you know, we're, we're asking God to come into stuff and, and our posture's like this, like it's so exciting, like God's doing so much, it's awesome. And then as time goes on, it's kind of like, hmm, I don't, know, I don't know if I like that sermon that much today. Or oh, why'd they play that song? I hate that song. It goes on and on and on. Um, or it's, it's not just about the church. It's like, oh, I prayed for, you know, I prayed for God to heal me and nothing happened. I don't know, maybe God doesn't heal anymore. Or like I hear them talk about his love, but I don't know. I don't know if I feel it. And, and you go, oh, yeah, I've heard that sermon preached better before. Oh, whatever. Oh, I don't know if I need to show up this week, whatever. I don't want to get in one of those groups, uh, you know. And if we're not careful, we're like this. Can you guys even see me? Oh, you can a little bit. And then we're like, I don't know if I'm getting anything out of this anymore, but at least I'm going to heaven and made a few friends like Isaac. And renewal helps us sit back up. Renewal helps us. It's like to expect something from the Lord again. To know that his promises are yes and amen. To know that we might change, but the Bible doesn't. To know that God is still good today. God still keeps his promises today. And renewal changes us. We start to sit back up. And all of a sudden we start to follow David. And so worship is not just a time to get into our seats. It's a time to dwell in the house of the Lord. And so, you know, and as we go home or as we drive to work or whatever it is, it's like, this is a time now that I can dwell in his presence. That prayer is not, God, would you heal my toe after I stubbed it? But Lord, what do you want to say to me today? That, that silence is worth it because the, the, the spirit of God, the voice of God, it's like he comes in the wind. Like he's not going to compete with all the junk that we put in our lives. And then we say, God, where are you? I've been waiting, waiting for you to be silent so I can speak. What happens? We start to dwell. We start to gaze. We start to seek. And, and our posture starts to change. And then we start to imitate. We desire to do what he did starts to renew the world around us. We, we start to read and we go, Jesus did that. I'm not just going to spectate what Jesus did. I'm going to participate in what Jesus did. And you start to see mission as not, 
you know, this annoying thing that is talked about, but something that's exciting to be a part of. Serving the kingdom, evangelizing, being intentional about wherever we go, knowing God's presence goes with us, the indwelling spirit of God. Renewal leads to mission. Like David, it's renewal that happened in him. We're gonna return sinners back to you, Lord, just like we've been returned, not out of a place of we're better than them, but out of a place of knowing the nearness to the Father and salvation and freedom and eternal life is sure in you. Renewing the culture back to Jesus is not so much a task, it's a posture. Would you stand with me? Father, thank you for your beautiful bride, the bride of Christ that stands here today. I thank you for the representation of so many families, so many backgrounds, so many workplaces, so much influence in the culture so many schools, so many homes, so many neighborhoods, so much influence in the culture. God, I pray that we wouldn't see that as a burden, but just as a posture for our lives. That we don't have to be scared or intimidated by the world, but that we would bring your Holy Spirit into it. Thank you for your word, 2 Timothy, where it tells us to rekindle the gift of God, to go back and to stir it up. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are in the room right now. Would you begin to stir people's hearts towards what you wanna do in them today. Thank you for the renewal, Lord. God, stir us up. We don't wanna sit back complacent as we go through life, but God, stir us, stir our spirit. Thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are on every person in the room. Would you rekindle them today, Lord? Stir something fresh in us, Lord God that we would live with David's desire for God's presence. If your presence isn't with us, we don't wanna go there. We don't wanna go. Thank you, Spirit. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to speak to some people in some silence for a minute. Spirit of God, God, we're humbled by your presence. We want more of you, Lord. If you're new to Celebration Church, 
and you're kind of in a place where you haven't accepted Jesus into your life yet, or hey, maybe you have and you've fallen away and you just feel like you need to maybe rekindle that salvation prayer. You've, you've done your own thing. It's time to rekindle that. We wanna pray with you. Your church family loves you and wants to pray with you. If you're in the room or online, it says in the Bible, if you believe this in your heart, that's the first step, then confess it with your mouth. This is the second step and we're gonna do that now. And what happens? Eternal life is sure for you. So we're gonna pray together as your church, believing with you as you make this proclamation that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life and you're accepting that today. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for being my Lord and Savior. I believe that you're my Lord and God raised you from the dead so that I could be free. Today I ask you come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. From now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen together. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.